Good morning and good evening to Louisa. Hi, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, hello. Um, uh, hello from Sydney, Australia. My name is Louisa and I write thrillers as L.A. Larkin. I also write a dog detective mystery series as Louisa Bennett. Um, it's kind of two sides of my personality. The thrillers is the dark one and the dog detective one is the humour. Um, so it's sort of very different. Um, and yeah, I've been writing for about uh, uh, crime fiction for about 10 years now. And I absolutely love it. I'm having the time of my life doing it. It's the best job ever. Um, and I've got a lovely publisher and I meet lovely people like Donna through it. Um, and I also teach creative writing. So I teach at the Australian Writers' Centre and I teach detective-based uh, crime fiction and also thriller writing. So that's what I do. And this book here, The Safe Place, don't know whether you can see that. Oh, that's not very straight, is it? There you go. Um, that literally came out a few days ago and that is my latest thriller. So that's me. Did you always know that you wanted to be a writer? Um, I guess I did. I So I've lived in Australia 20-odd years now. Um, I originally came here as a backpacker, fell in love with Sydney. Oh, my God, I just went, I want to live here. It's so beautiful. Um, but I'm originally from England, um, and I always love books, always love reading. I love the idea that you could just shut yourself away and go into this fantasy world. You know, you could shut all the horrible things that are going on in the world and you can just read your book and you're in another world and you just watch the characters doing what they're doing. And so I went to university and I studied literature with the idea that I wanted to be um, an author um, but to cut a really long story short, what happened was that I got my degree in literature and then everybody went, oh, no, 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 no. You don't want to be an author. You never own anything. You're going to like, oh, don't do that. It's, it's like being an, a painter, like an artist. You know, they never earn any money. Um, and so I thought, oh, I don't know what to do. And I went into magazine publishing instead, um, which, you know, I didn't really enjoy. Um, and because I, I wasn't really doing what I wanted to do. Um, however, being in magazine publishing was good in some ways because it eventually helped me find a job in Australia. So, you know, some good things came out of it. Um, so it took me a long time to be honest with you, I guess, to pick up enough courage, really, to go, okay all right, I'm old enough and wise enough, hopefully now, um, lived life a bit, you know, I've moved to another country, I've done lots of things, come on, now's got to be the time to write that book that you've always wanted to write. And so I did actually start writing when I was in a full-time job, and that was when my first book came out, which was The Genesis Floor, um, and then I went on to write another, another thriller called Thirst, as in Thirsty, um, set in Antarctica. And 
at that point, I went down to part-time work because I was trying to balance writing and, you know, the job as well. And it was very difficult to get the writing done. And then eventually I got to the point where I thought, no, I've got to, you know, in for a penny, got to do it. And so I gave up um, sensible job <laughs> and became an author. Um, but I, as I said, I do also teach um, adult creative writing. And so, you know, that, that kind of gave me, I think, the sort of stability knowing that I could do that in the evenings and weekends and then I could write as a job during the week. So, um, and that's, that's, you know, how it all, all went. And now I'm full-time, you know, author. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Well, yeah, it, I just, sometimes I wish um, it hadn't taken so long. I, I sometimes think, oh, you know, if only I'd done it earlier. But the thing is, though, I think for me, and this doesn't apply to everybody, but for me to have had those life experiences and to have, you know, I mean, hopefully there's a lot more to come. But travelling, you know, as I did to get to Australia, different people I've met, uh, I think that, uh, you know, and sort of perhaps understanding a little bit better how people and relationships work than certainly I did when I was a teenager, for sure, um, or even in my 20s. I think that helps me create, you know, characters that that I hope readers can empathise with, they're interesting, they're a bit more complex, because human beings are complex. We are complex. We're not all good and we're not all bad. We've got many shades of various shades of grey. And, you know, it's. Um, I think it's really interesting. And uh, I think sometimes, I know for me, that came with a maturity that, that you know, I certainly didn't have in my, say, 20s. And how many books have you written now? So I was thinking about that the other day. And um, so I think it's eight. Um, so six are thrillers and the two are the uh, the Monty Dog Detective humorous fiction. Um, and, yeah, so and next year, if all things go according to plan, and I, Donna, I hope you're ready for this because I am a bit mad, I am going to hopefully, fingers crossed, produce three books next year. Yes, it's Barking Mad, I know it. And I know there are authors that do it. I've never done, well, no, I say that. This year I am actually doing three. It has, it has turned into three coming out at the same time because I had Widow's Island in, I think it was April, and then you've got The Safe Place, and then I've now got um, The Bone Ranger. The Bone Ranger is coming out just before Christmas and that's the dog detective one in case you didn't get that (laughs) with the bone ranger title um so yes so it's going to be a busy year next year that's good right (laughs) oh yeah no yeah I'll certainly uh, yeah I'll be head down not doing an awful lot (laughs) just writing um, if you were to be picked up and placed as a character in any of your books, which would you choose? 
If I was, sorry, if I was to what, sorry? Be placed as a character in any of your books. Oh, what, I would become a character, one of them? Yeah. Oh, God. I've got some really dark characters in my books. <laughs> oh, a few serial killers thrown in here and there. Um, mm, oh, let me think. Who would I be? Oh, uh, you know, I think I know who I would be, actually. Um, so for a couple of books, there's a character called Olivia Wolf, um, and she's an investigative journalist who travels the world um, uncovering crime and corruption, um, things that have been kept hushed. Um, and she's a feisty uh, little thing um, and very brave, um, very determined and a bit of a loner, um, but she gets into some really, um, you know, exciting but very dangerous situations. And, of course, she travels around the world, so that's interesting in itself. So I think I'd probably be Olivia Wolfe in her leather jacket on her motorcycle <laughs> having, you know, going off to, to save the world, basically. Yeah, that's, that's the one I would be, I think. Um, knowing full well that I'm actually not capable of doing that. <laughs> um, definitely not. Um, but, yeah, she's she's a great character. Um, yeah, and I really enjoyed writing her. So I'd probably, I'd probably say Olivia Wolfe, who's in uh, the books that she's in, um, is Devour and then also Prey. Uh, what's the most interesting thing you found out doing research for your books? Well, that's a great question. Um, I love the research aspect of writing thrillers. And um, and I do, I, I, I think it's really important if I can create a credible world for my thrillers that at least I've done a bit of background research. Um, I'd say with, um, I'd say probably one of the most exciting moments of, for research for me was when this was before uh, COVID and before we were all locked down, um, I was at a festival in New York called Thriller Fest. And it is, it is uh, apparently, I've been told, and it certainly seemed to be the largest thriller festival in the world. So if you love thrillers, New York in July, Thriller Fest, you will meet all the big names of thriller writing, and I mean the big, 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 big names. It's really interesting, and they will talk to you about how they write. Anyway, so I was there, um, and then I, um, at the time, was writing a, um, a thriller called Widow's Island um, that's set on a remote island off Seattle in Washington in America. Um, and this island um, is based, uh, the story is based on a real island that I've been to. But anyway, um, the, the story of Widow's Island is about um, a young woman and uh, well, a young woman and her teenage daughter. They move there after the death of her husband and they want to set up a new life, but it all goes horribly wrong. Um, and it's about the horror of being stuck on an island with a serial killer. Um, and I, one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to have 
um, Stephanie, Stephanie Miller is the central character and she's the main point of view of the book. And there is a particular way, reason why she's being targeted, which of course I won't go into. Um, but there is a secondary character who's, a, who's a, an important point of view, but a secondary point of view. And that is a special agent in the FBI. Um, his name is TJ Sampson. And he has been hunting down this particular serial killer for, a, for over 10 years. And what's been intriguing about this killer is that this killer stopped killing for 10 years. So where did he go and what's he been doing and all that sort of thing? Um, but to write it, I thought, you know, is it, it, I really need, if I can, to be able to talk to an FBI agent. Now, that's really hard to do. Um, there was a time when, and, and again, this is what I've been told, there was a time when the FBI was quite happy to talk to authors and screenwriters. Um, this was probably... 15, 20 years ago. Um, and then more recently, they feel that they've got um, a bad name, as in they, they've cooperated and then, you know, the characters that have been created, they feel, you know, misrepresented the FBI. And so they have kind of been very reluctant to cooperate with um, writers and so I thought, well, what am I going to do? You know, I mean, um, the irony of it is here I am in Australia setting my books in America when I was originally born in England. <laughs> How much more confusing do you want to be? Um, and then I was thinking, well, will the FBI even want to speak to me? And you know, I was trying to wrap my brains about how to do this. I know that you can approach them through their communications kind of people but it's a tough gig to get. Um, and so I have a very good friend who's a retired detective in the UK. And I thought, I know, phone a friend. <laughs> so I got on the phone to this retired detective and I said, you don't by any chance just happen to know an FBI agent, do you? Thinking, no. No, no, maybe, but uh, and he went, yes. And I went, all right, well, do you think there's any chance that they might be willing to talk to me? I particularly want to talk to an agent who is in the Seattle office, because, of course, the island that I want to set this spree in is, is off Seattle. And they do work in slightly different ways. So they all have different offices, like the Washington office, as in Washington, D.C., you know, Matt, you know, New York, blah, blah, blah. And um, he said, oh, um, I can try. Um, so I left it with him and I didn't hear for a few weeks. And I thought, oh, well, you know, it, I, I, I tried. I could, always, I could try sending them an email. And then he came back to me with an email and he said, okay, you're in. And I was like, oh, my God, really? He said, yes. Um, 
you know this is you can you know uh, I'll let you read the email trail I'm going email trail email trail so I'm looking at this email trail and it's an FBI email trail it's not revealing anything you know deep dark and secretive but basically his friend in the FBI is going to another person in the FBI look you know you owe me a favor so I'm calling that in and there's this author in Australia who wants to talk to you and so I'm thinking oh no they've made me a favor this is really awful this agent is probably gonna go I really don't want to talk to her or you know I'm thinking oh no this is gonna be dreadful um anyway I mean, look, joking aside, she and it, I was—I had great privilege to meet her. Um, and it's very unusual still, it is very unusual still to have women very senior in the FBI, you know. Um, still a tough gig to get. And she was um, a special agent. And um, she met with me and she was amazing. And... I had to jump through a lot of security hoops, which is, you know, fair enough. Um, and I expected it. And all my questions had to be vetted um, in advance. Um, and when we did meet, you know, the meeting was recorded. So all those sort of things. But that's fine, you know. I mean, and if there was a question that I asked that they felt was something they didn't want to answer, they just said, we can't answer that, and that's fine. Um, but she, she was wonderful and, and a really helpful. And you know what, Donna? I was listening to her talk about what she does, and there were times when, honestly, I could have cried. Some of the things she was describing, they were so awful awful I you know I don't know how she go goes home without you know her stomach churning having seen some of the things she's seen but she was also um you know uh talking about family and life and um she made this kind of remark that when she'd finished at Quantico the Quantico training and she came out and she got her first posting you know she was you know young and uh, and ambitious and all that sort of thing but she said you know you can't I can't tell you how difficult it is to get a boyfriend <laughs> when you're in the FBI <laughs> because who's gonna want to date me you know because whoever I meet they're gonna go oh she's you know she's she can probably get you know with, with a few taps of the keyboard can get my whole life story <laughs> everything you know, she said, believe me, it's actually, no, you know, and she was quite, she laughed about it. But I can imagine, can't you? Can't you, you know, anyone that's very senior in law enforcement, it, 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 uh, and I can imagine for a woman, it would be actually very difficult not to, not to come across as, um, I don't know what the word might be, intimidating perhaps, I don't know um but no she was lovely so I think if if I was to talk you know to talk about uh, a, a bit of research for that that I found I found meeting her really moving fascinating um and I can honestly tell you the things that she was talking about 
She's a very, very, very brave woman. I couldn't do it. I can write about it. No, she she was great. So there you go. That's my that's my number one. Awesome. Um, I study um, forensics, so I'd love to go to Quantico Ooh. and to the FBI and stuff and, and oh. see what they've got. It's like, but uh, the chances are I never will, but I'd love to. Oh, but so you studied forensics. Oh, how interesting. All because oh. of books, all because of reading. Reading oh, Kathy oh. Reichs and... Um, yeah, I know, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah um, Patricia Cornwell and um, Jefferson Bass, um, learning about the body farm and, yeah, <laughs> I was hooked. Oh, wow. So I've done a degree. Are you was... going to, do you think you're going to try and get into working in it or...? Probably not because um, it's, uh, it's hard to get into and it's really oh, badly yeah. paid. Surprisingly, it? it's really badly. Yeah, to be a crime scene um, person is really, really rubbish pay. I could get more earning um, doing what I do at Greg's um, as a manager or assistant manager than being a soco. God, that really surprises me. I suppose yeah. they want people to do it because they, they're, um, I don't know, they, they care about the community and you know, catching the criminals and, and, and so on. Um, but that does surprise me because, you know, it's a very difficult job. And you would see mm, some pretty terrible things. So, wow. Okay, well, there you go. I've learned something today. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um. What was I just going to ask? Um, out of all the books you've written, what's the most fun scene you've written and what was the most difficult? Oh, wow. Right, the fun scene. Oh. Well, I don't know about, I don't know about fun scene. I, I, there's some, I think authors will probably say there's a book that just... There are books that are really, really, really difficult to write and you can't work out why it's so difficult to write. Um, but then there's a book that comes along that just, honestly, it just, it as I was writing it, I just thought, this is it. This is the one. And it's the safe place. It's the new book that came out a few days ago. Um, and, and I wrote it very fast um and i think so i don't know whether so it doesn't it's not really qualified as the happiest but it's it's it was joyful to write it because it just gave me such a buzz because i just i was loving it i was loving the characters i was loving all the plot twists and it's all revolving around fire because um, the safe place, the background of the safe place is that it's met, set in a small town in America, um, a small town full of liars, um, full of people who are protecting secrets. Um, and Jessie Lewis, who's this um, uh, young woman who's um, 
been in in an abusive relationship and she's now ostracized from the town because she's accused that person who um, was abusing her and the sheriff of the town refused to believe her um, because of who her boyfriend was at the time. So I won't say too much because I don't want to spoil it, but um, what what happens is that um, someone is going around starting house fires um, and what they are doing, and again, I won't tell, tell you how they're doing it, but they're ensuring that nobody can escape. And so these houses are being deliberately set to kill particular families. Um, and um, Jesse is the only witness to this serial arsonist. Well, he's a serial killer who's using fire to cover up his crimes. And, and the whole background of fire, wildfires going on in the forest and the house fires that are being set by, let, set by, the, by the killer, um, this was all inspired by, um, and I don't know whether you remember seeing this on television, it was a couple of years ago, but there was a time when Australia was on fire. Um, I mean, I'm serious, like the whole sky was orange and thick with pea soup type smoke. Um, we couldn't go out. I mean, I know everyone's wearing masks, you know, these days because of COVID. We were wearing masks because if you didn't, you know, you came down ill. Um, and, you know, even in Sydney, like you'd wake up and everything the car you know flowers you know the windowsills were covered in ash it was it was really creepy and you know communities forests were on fire and so we had a lot of that that was like a whole summer of of being really frightened um and i wanted to convey that fear in the safe place fear of fire um but also of the person who's causing it. And so I think so probably The Safe Place was the book that I just had almost like, you know, it was like an adrenaline rush writing it because it was just, for me, so exciting to write. Um, what was the other part of the question, sorry? What was the it? most difficult scene. The most difficult. Ooh, um, I'd say... Well, to be honest with you, I would say I've got I've had a couple of fairly different but brutal serial killers in my books. Um, and I do tend to give them a couple of chapters that are from their point of view, because uh, I think what it does is it makes you realize kind of the, the brutality of the way they see the world, um, but it also creates a real sense of menace and threat to the central character because you have an idea what they're going to be doing next and, and you know, it's, and that, it's not going to be nice. Um, so I think I, I do find, and well, I have found writing those kind of characters very difficult because I find they kind of haunt me, you know, because um, I think when you're trying, to, 
the, the difficulty of writing a real, really like a serial killer character and trying to get inside their head to, to you know, is you kind of imagine the worst of humanity and it uh, can kind of be a bit depressing and overwhelming and, you know, so I, I actually... And that's actually one reason why I also write these Monty Dog Detective, you know, funny books, because it's almost like if I'm going to go to that kind of a dark place for one book, I actually want to write something fun and uplifting with the, uh, with the next one uh, to be reminded that life is fun and there are lovely things that happen. Because, um, of course, you know, with a kind of cosy mystery, which is what this is, you know, they're completely different. You know, you don't, you have a happy ending. You know, you have a happy ending. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, nothing terribly bad happens. So it's kind of, it's different. So, yeah. So I think the most difficult is writing when a point of view of a killer. Do you hide any secret jokes, messages, or Easter eggs in your books that only a few people would understand? Hmm? Well, I haven't. And I'm beginning to wonder if I should. <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I know that they, they pop up on websites and, you know, various things. Um, no, I haven't. I don't know. Do you think I should? I mean, it's up to you, but I like when people say that they do. I quite like, you know, the little, the, just the little things that, you know, mean something to them and to a few people, but most people wouldn't pick up on probably. Yeah. So, no, the answer is no, but I'm going to think about it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any phobias and would you write about them? Oh, um. No, I don't really have any phobias because I live in a country where spiders can kill you, sharks can kill you, jellyfish can kill you, lightning can kill you, fire can kill you, sun can kill you. So quite frankly, what is there left to worry about? <laughs> I'm serious, you know. Um, so no, I don't have any phobias really. Um, I don't know. Yes, I'd write about phobias. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm sorry, I can't really give you anything terribly exciting because I don't have any. <laughs> this is why I love the UK. We have no extreme weather, no sharks, no scary yeah. spiders, no scary snakes, no earthquakes, no hurricanes. I know, just... I know, you know, yeah, I know. You know, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I because I know people have said to me, I'm never going to live in Australia. Why would you want to? Look, it's a you know, beautiful country, um, you know, lovely lifestyle. But here we, you know, like even in Sydney, you know, some there are some pretty enormous spiders. <laughs> you know, I was I was sitting, this is my office, by the way, with all the books. Um, oh, and they, oh, can I just show you that? Can you see it? Oh. That Sherlock Holmes hat came from the Baker Street, you know, Sherlock Holmes Museum in Baker Street, London. I just have to point that out. Um, so, um, 
yeah, I was working in here on a book um, and I sort of had this feeling there was something moving behind me. <laughs> and I turned around and there was the most enormous spider. It was like I could see its eyes looking at me. It was like right behind me. And I was like, mm, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we do, you know, there are a few things to avoid here, but there are also lots of beautiful, lovely, wonderful creatures and beautiful fishes and amazing birds. And so, you, you know, you can't have everything. Yeah. I'm happy to not have the beautiful fish <laughs> if it means not having the spiders and the sharks. Yeah, there's me. It's funny, and I'm, you know, as, as I've mentioned to you, I was originally born in the UK, um, you know, and I'm like these big spiders. I don't actually like to kill them. So there's me with a large plastic container and a, and a piece of paper trying to catch this spider. And... <laughs> shoving the piece of paper underneath it and this big thing's coming at me <laughs> and I'm like you know and my husband who is Australian goes oh, I can't believe you're doing that <laughs> I wouldn't be seen doing that um so there you go maybe it's because I wasn't brought up you know with them that I'm like oh it'll be all right I'll I'll just I'll take them over the road and put them in the park <laughs> Let them scare somebody else. <laughs> oh, oh dear. You don't want to be my next door neighbour. Put it that way. <laughs> There'll be a whole family of spiders on the fence. Oh, not for long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think they scare me. I mean, British spiders don't scare me, but seeing pictures no. of some of the ones, I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> uh -huh. um, what's your most overused word or phrase when you're editing your books? What is the most what, sorry? Overused word or phrase. Oh, gosh, that's a difficult question. Oh, overused word or phrase. Um, I do do that. I know I do because my editor says, you use this a lot. And I'm trying to think <laughs> what it might be. Um, okay, can we come back to that? <laughs> I'll have to think about it. I'm sorry. But, yes, I think we all do that. Like, we all have our kind of set phrases, words that we love, weird with one book she said you use the word tiny a lot <laughs> and I'm going to I'm like really yeah she said yes I think we need to change it a bit I said what are we going to do call it little <laughs> so I'm like yeah okay we can do little that's fine so that was a really weird one Apparently, I had a bit of a thing about tiny at the time. Okay, but that's unusual. Yeah. yeah, I know. I was like, oh, I wonder why I suddenly become obsessed by small things. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, there you go, tiny. If you were able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Dead or alive? 
Oh. Spend a day with, I think it would be uh, Karen Slaughter. Yeah. In fact, where's her book? I've got one of her favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite books. Uh, can I go? I'll be two seconds. <laughs> yeah, I love this book. So there you go. The answer to the question would be Karen Slaughter. I would, if you're listening, I would love to spend the day with you. Um, I'd love to, you know have coffee, have lunch. We could talk about writing, life. Because um, I also think she's got a great attitude to life. Um, you know, she's stuck up for some really good causes, um, you know, spoken about them. Yeah, I think she's not only a really good, brilliant writer, but I think she's a very interesting person. So there you go. That's who it would be. Yeah, I've read all Karen's books as well, and they're amazing. Oh, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's great. She is. So when you're not writing and you're not teaching, how do you like to spend your time? Uh, well, um, I've got two dogs that I like walking. So I take them, they're two golden retrievers, and I take them for big walks um, every day. Um, I like to swim. So another reason why being in Australia, you know, is a good thing, because you have the weather for outdoor swimming a lot. Um, so I'm a big, I love swimming. Um, and we have in Sydney, we have a lot of outdoor pools. We have harbour pools. We have beach pools um and so yeah i i love doing that um and apart from that you know being with friends um family um i do like travel or i did but you know we don't do that anymore so <laughs> yeah i used to love um, exploring far-flung locations you know so for instance i've been to the antarctic and the arctic um, and, you know, sort of all sorts of um, weird, wonderful and strange places. So I used to love doing that, um, and I'd often then um, try and produce a book that would be based in one of those locations. So another location that I spent time in was in South Africa um, on a reserve um, where they're trying to defend rhinos from poachers um because rhinos are in terrible danger um because of people want to steal their horn um so you know i, I that you know having the chance to experience those sort of things is something i really love doing uh but unfortunately at the moment i can't but you know in maybe in the next i don't know six months a year two years maybe i can yeah, it's not forever. Well, hopefully. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I have to have to think it's not forever. Buzz would go nuts, I think. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I think we all we all have to think that this is not going to be lasting forever. 
if you were able to travel to any period of time forwards or backwards where would you go what do you mean a bit like doctor who and the tardis (laughs) okay ah oh good question Yeah, sorry, I'm thinking, I know I've gone very quiet. <laughs> I, I don't know, I'm a bit torn. I think going forward into the future, oh, I don't know. What if I really am horrified by what I see? I think that, I don't know, it might be great, but it really might not be. So I don't think I want to go forward. So I think I would be going back in time, yeah, I think, you know what I think? I'd like to go to the 60s. I'd like to be an adult in the 60s when, when um, you know, there was a whole generation who'd grown up after the Second World War. You know, they were, say, I don't know, in their 20s or so in the 60s, um, and the world was, you know, wonderful and, you know, open and they could do anything almost um, and all the amazing music that came out at that time. And, yeah, I think I, 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 that might sound a strange thing to choose, but I think it... And also, you know, with the beautiful forests and jungle and animals and things, there was, you know, we hadn't done as much damage as we have now to all that beauty, and I think that would have been a very interesting world to explore where where would you go for similar reasons I would go back to the 80s as an adult um Uh I was born in born in 83 so I missed obviously I was a child through the 80s and I missed out on so many amazing musicians and stuff so I'd love to go back to the 80s as an adult and oh, get to see you. yeah yeah okay well there you go so, no, so my- not strange at all as, as- okay good good yeah. all right excellent yeah I so- certainly don't want to be going back to any pre-medicine and pre-sanitation no. <laughs> just no and the future is the future and whatever happens I'll I'll experience it as we go that's fine I don't want to glimpse yeah I'm fine. I, yeah <laughs> I mean, if you did go into the future, I mean, some people might say, I want to go in 20 years from now and know what my life's going to be like. And I'm thinking, oh, because what do you think you're going to do if you don't like it? You think you're going to be able to change it? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I certainly wouldn't want to go back to, you know, I don't know, the Middle Ages because they tend to, you know, hang, drawn and quarter you if you if you don't, if they think you're a witch or anything like that. So, you know, no, thank you. And the food. No, no. I think, think, yeah. I think what we've chosen is good. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So are you working on anything at the moment and do you know what you're going to do next? So um, I'm working on, so I, I tend to write 
kind of it 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 depends it changes i tend to write um you know crime thrillers psychological thrillers but i'm very drawn to an idea which i've got for a, a series which is moving a step closer to police procedural but it's actually about a retired police officer and i won't tell you exactly what her job is but it, she's not her job is not actually the job of arresting people when she was in with the police um and she's not your normal kind of character that you would expect to be um to eventually become a pi so i'm i'm going to sort of things are going to happen that are going to take her down this route of becoming a pi um and so i'm really keen on that and i'm just talking to my publisher um Bukutur, about um you know uh, planning that series out and um, I think everyone's getting very excited about it because it is a bit different it's yeah it's a bit different so and that could be because you know I said three books next year well I think those are going to be those three books next year so in a year's time if you can squeeze me in we'll have a chat about this time next year and I'll be holding up three books <laughs> and you'll go, wow. And I'll go, I'm exhausted. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be going, I'm totally exhausted. <laughs> oh, I'll add you to my list. I thought maybe. Yeah, no, so put me in now. Put yeah. me in now. Put me in now. Then you know for sure I'm in. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, I'm in my <laughs> now too. <laughs> Well, I don't think I have any more questions for you unless you think there's anything I haven't asked you that you want to tell us. No, but just um, just remember to everybody, the safe place is out. It's paperback, ebook, and audio, um, and it's very exciting. Um, and as an author, I, you know, I, I actually really love writing this book and I'd be really interested to know what you think. So please review it. Please tell me. And if people wanted to get in contact with you, where can they do that? Uh, well, I'm on, um, so I'm on Facebook, um, L.A. Larkin Author, on Twitter, L.A. Larkin Author. That's obviously one word. Um, I'm also on Instagram as L.A. Larkin Author. <laughs> um, and I have a website and there's a way you can contact me uh, through that as well. Um, so, yes, i you know, and also I'm on Goodreads as well. Um, Eli Larkin on Goodreads. Um, well, obviously you've got lots of avid readers on there. So yeah, they're probably the best ways. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, no, thank you. This has been this has been really lovely. As you're, it's been such fun talking to you. I can see why you're so popular. <laughs> thank you. Well, 